just a quick reminder, it's the holiday season and some people will sometimes think, unfortunately, that buying people pets, either a dog or a cat, um, is a good idea for a gift. But really, you should talk that over with the person before you purchase an animal um, or speak to uh, the parent of the, if it's a child you're buying it for. Uh, animals have um, feelings and emotions, and sadly, they're sometimes passed from house to house, and they end up a lot of times back at shelters, shelters that are not very uh, caring, and sometimes they're kill shelters where the animals will eventually be put to sleep. So this holiday season, I just wanted to let you know, before purchasing an animal for someone as a gift, please think twice. Please talk it over. It's a decision that's really not me uh, meant to be made lightly. You should really get all parties involved and uh, make sure that they are prepared financially and emotionally and physically to take care of an animal. So I just wanted to preface that before we got into the podcast. Okay. I'm back, and um, this episode is Get a Puppy. Uh, yeah, that's right. When we're chronically ill, sometimes having an animal or um, some sort of pet can make us feel less isolated. It can give us a sense of purpose and um, a sense of unconditional love. But it also means a lot of responsibility. And it can also mean having to take on tasks that maybe you're not equipped to do. Some people with chronic illnesses are not able to walk long distances. So you want to factor that in when you're about to buy an animal, whether it's a dog or a cat or um, a dinosaur. Uh, you want to just make sure that your body is capable of doing what it needs to do to take care of the animal because it's not fair to the pet to buy an animal and not be able to take care of it. Um, it's also a financial responsibility. I never really realized how much um, animals were. I mean, I, growing up, I had two cats, but I was a kid and my mom, you know, basically took care of them and, and that stuff. But um, yeah, so last week, uh, two weeks ago, actually, I got a um, Morky Poo, which is a hypoallergenic dog. It's a mix of a Maltese, a Yorkie, and a Poodle. And they're supposed to be really hypoallergenic, and they're supposed to be mellow and friendly and lovable. And so far, the hypoallergenic thing <laughs> is working out. The rest we have yet to see, but um, like I said, it's, it's just a puppy still. So um, I'm crossing my fingers that this little terror is not going to um, send me into, uh, you know, just a com give me a complete nervous breakdown. Because, uh, you know, you have to housebreak them. You have to... I didn't, actually didn't want a puppy. I wanted probably an adult dog, like two to three years old, because 
they're housebroken, they're somewhat trained, and um, but this opportunity presented itself rather quickly. A neighbor of mine was going to get a dog, and um, the brother of this dog was available, and um, it was like, oh, why don't you get the brother, because that would be cool if we lived next door to each other. You know, and they had each other to play with. But then that fell through. But then I found another dog that was very similar. And um, so, yeah, it's just been an interesting experience for me. I've wanted a dog for a while now. Mainly um, just for therapeutic reasons. And, um, you know, they're calming. They help with anxiety. Again, not puppies. <laughs> if you're looking for anxiety relief, don't get a puppy. Um, but it's all part of the process. And uh, I have family here who, you know, have fallen in love with the dog and they help out. And so that's good. That's a plus side of the whole situation. But I wanted to pop on here because um, we talk about ways on this podcast to cope with our chronic illness. And one of those ways is definitely getting a um, pet. And I've seen all different types of pets, like birds, lizards, um, rabbits, you name it. Whatever is your thing, I'm not going to judge you. So whatever you consider um, therapeutic for you and whatever floats your boat. Um, I, I will say... I don't know how I really feel about um, emotional support animals on planes or service animals on planes that are not like, you know, your average animal, like a dog or a cat or, um, you know, I don't know if a lizard um, or, um, or a rat or, you know, some bizarre creature from the trop tropical rainforest in you know South America should be necessarily allowed as an emotional support animal or service animal, but I guess that's up for debate. But anyway, so anyway, this this is these are ways that we, um, as people with disabilities and chronic illnesses, uh, cope. And animals can be very soothing and. They give you unconditional love and help you cope on days when, you know, it's hard, you know, hard to cope. And it also gives you a sense of purpose. Sometimes when you're not working, um, your days sometimes can be very monotonous. So having a routine of getting up and feeding the dog, walking the dog, playing with the dog, and stuff like that can give you a little bit of um, a sense of purpose. And uh, so that's that's another way that we can cope again with with our, uh, our chronic illness. But like I said, there is a downside of um, is it going to help or hurt? And some people find it very therapeutic. Some people find it to be a burden for them, so I guess it's just a matter of who you are and what your disability is, and 
how you cope with it. And uh, so I'd like to hear from people whether they find um, having an animal is more therapeutic or more of a burden for them. Um, I can probably tell you right off the bat, most people will say that their dog or their cat or their whatever is part of their family and it's therapeutic and they would never give them up uh, for, for their for the life of them and you know they're part of the family because it's true you know i remember as a kid having cats and uh they just they become like regular family members um so yeah let me know uh what you feel your cat or dog or or whatever pet that you have does for you if it lifts you emotionally if it calms you um and maybe we'll do a podcast coming up in the next few weeks on um service animals service dogs which can be a little controversial but um maybe we'll go there and we'll see because um you know as we talked about i have mass cell activation syndrome a lot some other people have mass cell activation syndrome aside from that some people are allergic so do you think that people's allergies um should be ignored in lieu of having a service pet you know like is it okay for someone to endanger someone's life on an airplane let's say because they need their service dog, but the other person on the plane has a severe allergy to dogs. How do you deal with a situation like that? Who should be who should be asked to deplane? Um, these are questions I struggle with. Also, um, people with emotional support animals or uh, service animals. Who do you think? Or what do you think is going too far? I mean, um, is an emotional support bird or an emotional support rabbit or emotional support chipmunk or squirrel going too far? Uh, or should it be limited to just specific species of animals? Uh, so maybe that's something else we could talk about. But... For now, wish me luck on training my puppy. I'm going to need it, and uh, I'm exhausted. It's almost like having a baby, and uh, I will talk to you next time. So I hope everyone's doing well, staying safe. Here, by the way, in New York, where I am, we're having a major uh, nor'easter tonight. It's going to be like 16 inches of snow, they're expecting. So if you're in the northeast um, good luck shoveling tomorrow. That's ugh, gonna suck, but, um, snow around this time of year, I always liked because it's very festive for the holidays, not 16 inches. I would have preferred something like, you know, three inches would have been nice. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys have a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care.